Today, is Australia's migration rate slowing? Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Well, there is post covering finance and property news. Well, the Australian's Judith Sloan recently debunked KPMG chief economist Brendan Rain's spurious claim that a short-sighted knee-jerk cut to immigration would damage productivity and the economy. She wrote, the immediate effect of immigration is to dilute the capital stock, which has a negative effect on productivity. It is only over time that this capital shallowing effect can be offset by investment. But the sad reality is, absent the mining sector, this investment has failed to materialise in Australia. Indeed, this chart by economist Gerard Minnick shows that Australia has experienced significant capital shallowing due to the inability of infrastructure, housing and business investment to keep pace with the nation's bulging population. Australia's economic performance in the decade before the pandemic was on many measures the worst in 60 years, he wrote last November. Per capita GDP growth was low, property growth tepid, real wages were stagnant and housing increasingly unaffordable. And Sloan continued, it may be tempting to equate graduates with skilled workers, but we know from a range of data sources that the employment of international graduates is much less concentrated in professional and managerial occupations than domestic graduates. In fact, according to a survey of graduate outcomes in 2022, 58% of international graduates were employed full-time compared with close to 80% of domestic graduates. And the median salary of international graduates employed full-time was less than 90% of domestic graduates. The reality is many international graduates are employed in semi-skilled routine jobs. Indeed, the data shows that just over half, 51% of international student graduates with bachelor's degrees still in Australia after three years were working in low-skilled level four or level five jobs. And the bottom line is this. The surge in net overseas migration is unsustainable. Overwhelmingly, the new migrants are not skilled and the pressures on the housing market will not ease noticeably until the migrant intake is deliberately and substantially reduced. Big business, universities and property developers will vocally oppose any moves to restrict immigration because it is not in their interest to do so. And it's also important to acknowledge the effects of large migrant intakes extend well beyond the labour market and housing. They include more congestion, greater demand on facilities such as schools, hospitals and utilities, and the loss of social amenity. So she said the government needs to consider this broader picture and to act with haste to rein in the migrant intake, as well as to speed up the exit of many temporary migrants. So what are the latest figures telling us? Well, in the financial year 2022-23, we saw a record new high of net overseas migration of 518,000, while the federal government's latest forecast is for a fall to around 325,000, which, by the way, would still be the second highest annual read on record. Such high volumes are driven in part by the student influx post the pandemic. And pretty much all of the major universities around Australia have an over-concentration of international students 
But it's been like this for years. Back in 2018, Associate Professor Salvador Baranes from Sydney University showed that Australia had three times the concentration of foreign students of the UK, Canada, and six times that of the US. And back in 2018, there were 18 international students per 1,000 population, and that absolutely dwarfed every other developed country. And also back in 2018, we had about 450,000 overseas students, but now we've got around 650,000 roughly. So since that time, it's just grown a lot worse. And when you combine that with the number of people on graduate visas, which is almost 200,000, basically there's over 850,000 people in Australia right now on either a temporary student visa or a temporary graduate visa. What that means is that one in 30 people in Australia right now is on one of those visas. So no wonder rents are going up so quickly. And at the moment, you could argue that universities are effectively privatising all of the gains from immigration. They're basically the middleman to the whole immigration racket. They are the key driver and they're creaming it while the costs are getting pushed on to the rest of us, whether it's through infrastructure, through lack of housing, all of those different elements. And especially in those inner city areas like Sydney and Melbourne, for example, which have the highest concentration of students in those two cities, it's creating absolute havoc in the rental markets because you've got literally hundreds of thousands of students in both cities and they're obviously demanding rental accommodation. Those students end up falling into the private rental markets and they obviously compete with ordinary Australians who are trying to put a roof over their heads. And this is one of the reasons why the capital city vacancy rates is around 1% or below. So what's ahead? Well, the revised net overseas migration forecasts that were outlined in December's mid-year economic and fiscal update, the MAIFO, were cumulatively for 458,000 higher than that was projected in Labour's October 2022 federal budget. And they're also cumulatively 138,000 higher than those forecast in the May federal budget. Now, Belinda Allen, the senior economist at CBA, noted that the net arrivals into Australia slowed at the tail end of 2023 and are looked to have peaked in the middle of 2023. And CBA now also expects this slowdown to continue in 2024, slowing the rate of population growth. Using net overseas arrivals data for certain visa types through to December 2023 suggests net overseas migration for 2023 was around 370,000, roughly in line with the government's estimate for financial year 24. And they went on to say using a stable natural increase contribution would suggest Australia's population growth will slow to about 1.8% per year in December 2023. And as the chart shows, net arrivals have slowed for student visa holders in particular. This is likely driven by two factors. First is the timing of inflows. After a surge in arrivals over the past two years, more students are finishing studies and departing Australia compared to the past two years. We've seen a breakdown in the normal arrival and departure flows for students since borders reopened in late 2022. And the second driver could be the beginning of an impact from a tightening in visa requirements by the federal government as part of its review into the migration program. English language requirements have been lifted and approval rates for student visas have fallen. Looking at other visa types and net permanent arrivals, they've fallen in recent months, as have temporary skilled and worker visas 
net arrivals too. So as a result, they expect that we are past peak population growth and that will impact the labour market as the working age population should grow at a slower rate. As at December 2023, it was growing at 3% per year. We expect this to soften and the numbers we expect the working age to grow by closer to 2% in 2024. And by the way, separate data from Justin Fabo at Antipodium Macro shows that the flow of international students to Australia is slowing as evidenced by a decline in those student visa grants. So whilst the total number might be down because the student element is the one moderating and is most sensitive to the rental demand, which might, by the way, mean it will cool the rental market a little, it is still way too high. And many of those who are still coming into the country are cashed up, according to my surveys, and are ready to buy property. So net-net, given the limited supply of new property due to falling building approvals, the reduction in student visas will probably not really ease the undersupply of property that much. So whilst the numbers might be down a bit, I think the consequence of bad policy over the last 20 years are still going to impact the property market in particular, and more broadly, Australian infrastructure, for many years to come. And remember, our overall population at more than 27 million is significantly higher than was forecast. In fact, we now have numbers that were not expected to arrive for another 19 years. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching, and I'll see you again next time.